The Lord's Supper is not a dinner party. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Sometimes the church loses sight of the biblical intent of the sacraments uh, of the church, and one of the sacraments of the church is the Lord's Supper. Um, Throughout the New Testament, we have um, the reminder uh, to practice the Lord's Supper and to participate in the Lord's Supper um, as a remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. One of the things Paul had to correct in the Corinthian church was the way that the Lord's Supper was being celebrated, and we will encounter that correction uh, today in 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen through 22. Uh, but before we get into the Word, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your Word. Uh, we're grateful, Lord God, um, for its vital instruction to our spiritual lives, our lives of pe- as people of faith, and our lives as members of your body. And Lord, um, if we read your word faithfully, you are faithful to teach us through it. We pray that you would do that once again today. Open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to what you want to say. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen through 22, actually. In the following directives, I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's supper you eat, for when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. All right, so this is a strong word, and you get the emphasis behind Paul's words here that he really is correcting them. He really is bent out of shape about this report. Uh, And there are several things going on in this passage Uh, first he says, um, in this part of my letter, it does me, uh, it does me no pleasure, uh, to say these things. I have no praise for you because I believe that your meetings do more harm than good. What an indictment. And I wonder today if Paul could stand at the, at the doorway of most of our churches, uh, what he would say. Um, would he see that we're part of communities of faith that are doing more good than harm or more harm than good? Um, he talks about there being some infighting among the believers there, that there were divisions among them. And um, he says, to some extent, I believe that. Um, when you come together as church, there's divisions among you. How many of us have experienced um life in our local church in much the same way. (laughs) There's divisions and infighting. People are disagreeing about things, uh, how this event should be done, uh, who's going to lead, who's going to serve, who's going to pay for the event, how are we going to make this happen, who's in charge, (laughs) all of the things that swirl around uh, when decisions need to be made. And uh, that infighting and that, that division among the members of the body is not a, is not a positive and productive witness. 
Uh, there's nothing winsome about that. And so Paul is correcting them in a serious way. Um, he says, no doubt, in verse 19, there have to be differences among you to show which of you has God's approval. Now, as those differences play out, um, true leaders, uh, truly uh, godly leaders will um, be certainly sifted out from among the group versus those who are, uh, their motives and their intent are perhaps selfish. Uh, the truly godly leaders among us always sort of simmer to the top uh, when we're in situations of conflict or when we're having disagreements. And Paul says it's understandable that some of that is happening because um, as those differences play out, um, it will show which of you has God's approval. But then he moves on to the issue of the Lord's Supper. And um, he says that when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you're eating. He said, let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, what's happening is people are bringing their private suppers and eating them uh, in the presence of the other believers during the, the worship fellowship. And um, he says, some of you are uh, gobbling down your food and you're getting drunk and others are being left behind hungry. And... Um, uh, left humiliated because they don't have a meal to eat or they have very little uh, in their house to to eat to feed their family because they're struggling. And he says this is a negative witness to each other as members of the body. Um, the Lord's Supper is a time to uh, remember what Jesus has done for us, the sacrifice that he has done for us, the uh, his death on the cross in our place, and uh, it, it, we need to come into that celebration of what the Lord has done with a, um, uh, a certain attitude, a worshipful attitude of remembering what Jesus has done for us. Um, it's, a, it's a serious time of reflection and consideration of our uh, sinful lives in the face of, of what Jesus has done and his offer of forgiveness and grace and mercy. And so there's a right attitude in which we're called to come into the Lord's Supper. Now, it was the practice of the early church that as often as they gathered, um, they would uh, participate in the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Jesus as he instructed. Um, churches down through the ages have um, uh, wandered from that initial uh, instruction of Jesus to do this as often as they're gathered. Now, some denominations, it is every week. Um, but in a lot of denominations, it's once a month, um, and uh, they believe that uh, since the celebration of the Lord's Supper is a symbolic remembrance of what Jesus has done, and so that it does not become a rote tradition or a rote uh, routine, uh, they instead do it once a month, so that is a special celebration. Uh, the Catholic Church uh, provides the sacraments uh, every week uh, to believers there as they reflect on what the Lord has done for them. Uh, and so it's just a, a difference in practice. Um, but the true call of the scriptures, based on the words of Jesus, is that we would do this as often as we're gathered uh, to remember him. And so in the Corinthian church, the celebration of the Lord's Supper got off track, and Paul is uh, writing to correct that here. He points out some really good things. He says, you know, some of you are bringing your private suppers and having a big old dinner party, 
and others are being left behind and feeling humiliated because they have very little or they brought nothing. And um, this goes against the intent of the Lord's Supper. This is not a time for you to bring your personal suppers and eat meals in front of other people. Um, And I think, you know, while maybe that's not an issue today in the church, uh, I think it is uh, reflective of something that that we're not always mindful of how our behavior in the life of the community of faith is affecting other people and maybe unintentionally causing harm to people. Um, I think these people bringing their meals probably just thought, well, let's eat our suppers while we're there at church and celebrating the Lord's Supper. And it, it devolved into more of a dinner party atmosphere than what it was intended to be a sacred remembrance of what Christ has done for us. And um, often I think we, we get off track when we're not mindful of how what we're doing in the presence of others within the body of, of believers is impacting them potentially. And so I am grateful for Paul's reminder, and I'm grateful for the reminder of the sacred attitude of remembrance that we should come at the Lord's Supper with. Um, it's not meant to be a dinner party. Um, it's not meant to be a, <laughs> a loud and uh, sort of uh, raucous event. It's meant to be a, a sacred and somber remembrance of what Jesus has done as we confront the reality of our own sinfulness the reality of our need for grace and redemption and forgiveness. Um, And so we want to highly value what Jesus has done as we consider uh, our remembrance of that act on our behalf during the Lord's Supper. Well, Paul has done a good job here of providing correction. Um, I hope that our uh, local church leaders are doing a good job of correcting uh, the flocks of God that they are entrusted to care for uh, when need be. Um, As we get off track, we ought to go back to what the scriptures say, and we ought to gently remind each other who and what we're called to be as the family of faith. All right, my friends, thanks for taking time out of your day to study, and uh, God bless you as you continue to consider these words.